I'm Dr. Amalia Ghanius-Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. We are recording at the inaugural SMME Policy Partnership Colloquium in Santon, Johannesburg, South Africa. And joining us today is South Africa's Minister of Small Business Development, Mindira Zulu, who I will briefly introduce. She became a member of the Gauteng Legislature in 1994. In 1995, she was appointed Deputy Speaker of the Gauteng Legislature. In 1999, she became the Special Advisor to the Minister of Foreign Affairs. In 2001, she was appointed Chief Director for Western and Central Africa. In 2004, she became the South African Ambassador to Brazil, and in 2007, she was elected to the ANC National Executive Committee, and in 2009, was elected to Parliament. Welcome to the show, Minister. Thank you very much for your invitation. I'm really delighted to be with you today. It's a pleasure to have you here, and casting back, it's been almost a year since we last met at Reconciliation Day with the unveiling of the Nelson Mandela statue. And so much has happened since then. As you can see now, I'm the Minister of Small and Medium and Medium Enterprises, so very exciting space that I'm in, but I've had to adjust, obviously, from being on international relations and special advisor to the president to this. It's just how politics goes. It's a fantastic achievement, and congratulations. Thank you very much. Now, Minister, today you hold one of the most significant offices for the future growth and development of our economy and have become a role model for millions of women and girls in South Africa. Can you please share with us a few of the landmarks in your career and when you understood that politics was a big part of your destiny? Well, maybe let me just take a step back and say the person in my life that helped me shape my life and my future was my grandmother, who was a domestic worker in Johannesburg for many, many years, who retired after I was born. But after retirement, she then decided that there was nothing as important for her as it was in the education of her children that would be important for us more than being educated. Even if I disappointed her a few times by having children when I was shouldn't have been having children at all, she still took me back to school. So that is where the solid base started, from just a normal life, day-to-day life, but also from a political point of view. She was also uh, the person that made me conscious of what was going on in South Africa herself and my grandfather, because my grandfather lived in hostels in Johannesburg uh, for more than 50 years. And by the time he passed on, there was nothing much that he could show for, except for the fact that he had asked as grandchildren and he had assisted in our bringing us up. And a few trophies. Trophies, you'll be surprised what there is. It would be very interesting for people to know that today, uh, at the end of each year, people get what they call a bonus. My grandfather used to receive trophies I still have them. The trophies that are written his name and they are written for best service. That's all he got in each and every end of the year. So recognition for the work that he had done in the form of an award as opposed to a form of a remunerative benefit. Absolutely. There was nothing. But then I can proudly say that uh, my grandparents, the base that they created for me and making me aware of the fact that South Africa could be a better place 
if we struggle to change it into that. And I did just that. I joined the liberation struggle. I am proudly a member of the African National Congress, and I have been a member of the African National Congress as way as back as 1978 to date. And I think also the ANC as a liberation movement did a lot to add to what my grandparents had started by giving me an opportunity to go and study. And I went overseas. I studied in Moscow. That's where I did my journalism and came back with a master's degree. Congratulations. That's a really significant achievement. And especially working on both the liberation elements, but still being able to, to further yourself and advance in your Absolutely. Studies. Because it was, this was the, 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 the what the African National Congress thought was very important. And in particular, I would mention Oar Tambo, who was leading the African National Congress at the time. He really believed in education. As a result, when I joined the African National Congress, and in particular because I was just coming out of college at the time, I was studying at the time in Swaziland, in the Swaziland Development and Cooperative College. So when they learned that I had come out of college, they then said, well, there's no way you can go anywhere else except school. And at the time, obviously, everyone was clamoring to go to Angola to do their military training. I just could think of my grandparents and the way they had wanted us to be educated that when the ANC then was offering me to continue with my studies, even though it was going to be a different field altogether, but all the same, it was a field of choice. I chose that I wanted to do journalism because that's what I had obviously wanted to do. So the issue of education for the ANC was very important. So the build from my grandmother to the ANC is what made me to be where I am today. And there was a total succession there from building on from your grandparents, their philosophies, their ideologies, to groom you into the achievement that you are today. Absolutely. But also may I say that it was just the women in the ANC at the time, from the time that we had to go to school, who decided that they had to support us. I mean, I can talk about uh, one of the women that we always looked up to, Gertrude Chope. She's old today, but uh, she's a stalwart today. But she's the kind of woman that was always there to look after us as young girls. There were many other women who took care of us because when we were out in exile, there was no mother, no father, but just uh, uh, elderly people of the ANC who made sure that we completed our school. And Getu Chope was one that even visited visited us when we were in, in Moscow studying, sent by the ANC. Even when I went to do my military training in Angola, she was among the women that came to visit us just to make sure that we as women are treated correctly even within the liberation uh, movement itself. And that's an important point you raise, which I'd like to go back to a little further on in our discussion. But today, you are now Minister of Small Business Development, and you've just started your, your term of office, and you've explained during the course of the colloquium earlier that the structures, the mission, the vision, the fundamentals are in place for the department. Are there any specific milestones that you want to achieve in the current term? And is women's representation one of the milestones or one of the priorities on the agenda? Absolutely. Um, our priority is really to have a common understanding of the state of SMMEs uh, in South Africa and also even break it down to looking at who in those SMMEs are we talking about. That is why our target is youth, 
women and people with disabilities because we think that those are the people that actually are a backbone for this for South Africa yesterday, for South Africa today and for South Africa tomorrow. And therefore and particularly women we think uh, it's important because the empowerment of women or if I may call it as we used to call it before, the emancipation of women is very important because women are the ones that really nature almost everything uh, in, in our society and the more they are empowered enough to be able to uh, bring up and uh, not only bring up children from childbearing but once the children are there they have the necessary resources and everything to make sure that those children go well, I'm an example of a grandmother that uh, because my father died when I was still very small and my parents uh, never married so my grandparents were the one that took responsibility of myself and and my siblings and because my grandmother had such a strong uh, belief in education, she graduated from being a domestic worker into a hawker, from being a hawker into small business. And she managed to feed us, to clothe us, and to educate us through that. So with that kind of an understanding of what a woman can do with the little resources that a woman gets, targeting women for me is very important and also even in the travels that I've done around the country I've found that small businesses are run by by women but at the end of the day the ones that are being run by women they collapse so easily because the little that women get the first thing they do is to think about the family think about the clothes the food and everything so we target women because we think that uh, women, I also learned from the, the bank in India that when they borrow women, women are the ones that return the money more than any other. So our target is those three targets. But what is very important for us is, yes, understanding the SMMEs, yes, understanding who are at play in SMMEs, but it's also about creating a conducive environment for SMMEs to thrive, which therefore means we must look at the legislative and regulatory environment, we must look at the kind of support that they need in terms of skills development, in terms of financial support, but also more than anything else is about looking at markets for them. Because what's the point of women producing uh, things or one woman trying to produce something only to find that she doesn't know where to start with selling whatever product so that she's having working. access to the right markets, yes. having access to financial resources, yes. having access to knowledge. Yes. And communication. Yeah, and communication, actually. In fact, the communication, I personally believe that it's one of the weak links that we have in our system because in order for people to access whatever you're trying to do as government, there has to, that has to be communicated to them. And many a times the communication is flying high there so that, you know, your people that you are targeting do not get the information. But more than that is about getting the information on time because there's nothing as crucial and critical for people who are in business to get everything timelessly. So that's what we, we have to focus on as a department. And fortunately for us, we came into a space where um, the Department of Trade and Industry was already doing certain things there, but unfortunately it was at a small scale. And now that we have a department that is actually going to be focusing, so it means our impact on small and medium enterprises is going to be greater than what it has been. It's about upscaling the support that we need to do in, in for business people and for small medium enterprises. And we know exactly in what areas we need to do the upscaling because we've been getting reports from the work streams that 
that were in the Department of Trade and Industry. And besides, I think that uh, participating in a colloquium like this also is an advantage for us because we're going to be listening to people who are in the cold face of small and medium enterprises. They will be sharing with us their experiences. Ours is to really listen to them so that whatever we shape, whether it's in the regulation or whether it's in the planning, it's informed by people that are in the cold face. They say they want to have a master plan. We would like to see what that plan is. We'll be right back after this. Hi, I'm Yvonne Chaka Chaka, the United Nations Goodwill Ambassador on Malaria in Africa. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, a program against racism, socio-economic class division and gender-based violence. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31 meter band. Today, we're talking to South Africa's Minister of Small Business Development, Ms. Lindiwe Zulu. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Now, continuing with our discussion. Minister, when we're talking about women and we're talking about small, medium enterprises, are there any specific programs that have been engineered for women operating in rural environments? Yes, absolutely. Under the Department of Trade and Industry, there were specific programs that were dealing with women in the rural areas, particularly when you look at what, what the economy of rural area is. But of course, the kind of support that the women were getting was not enough, in my opinion. That one in particular, the Department of Trade and Industry was focusing on cooperatives in rural areas because the possibilities of people coming together in rural areas as cooperatives and producing things that can be sold somewhere. The challenge again is you put them together, they produce something, where is the market? So it's looking for that market yes, access. Yes, looking again. for that market access. But secondly, it's about whatever they're producing there because it's agricultural and other, what is the packaging of that? what is the quality of even what they are producing. Because even if they can produce and get it to the market, the market is going to turn around and say, but you're not producing the quality product that we want. So the department has been trying to support the Department of Trade and Industry. Has been, and what we think we should do, we cannot do it alone. If it's rural uh, uh, development, it means we must work together with the Department of Rural Development, work together with the Department of Agriculture and any other relevant department so that whatever products are coming out there, they have processing, by the way, and the infrastructure. I shouldn't forget that because one of the biggest challenges is if they are in a space and they're producing something, just to transport whatever is there, it's, it's, a, it's a mammoth and it's also very expensive. For, for, for rural structures, but also from the rural point of view, there's a women, there's a women's, um, section or a women's unit that was do, do dealing with the uh, women issues, gender and other issues. That one we found that they were also doing, having and projects. Is, is that unit part of the DTI? The it was part of the DTI, but it's it's coming over to our side. So it's coming, coming into your yes, it's already responsibility. With, it's coming to our responsibility. For instance, the deputy minister, uh, Minister Elizabeth Tabete, not long ago travelled to Atlanta, where there is a standing market for South African beaded products. So she led a delegation to Atlanta. People that went with their goods already. Uh, prepared, and I think what what is important for me now is 
you, if we take those people to Atlanta, for instance, that market must be permanent. When they come back from there, they must come back with orders because it doesn't make sense for them to go there and sell whatever they, they got. It's the department that paid for their travel and everything. We need to develop them to a point where they can be able to stand alone. So it becomes so a sustainable business becomes a sustainable. And if it's in Atlanta, why not in Italy? Why not in, in England? Why not in Kenya? Why not in Rwanda? Why not in Nigeria? And that yeah. brings me to another point that you've, yeah. you've raised here. In terms of the collaborations, so for small, medium enterprise as a ministry, we need to have the collaborations that are working across different departments to integrate everything. And then the next element is in terms of the fact that we function in a globally connected society now. And we've got initiatives where people are going out to Atlanta under the support of the department. Are you working on any collaborations that can aid small, medium enterprises in the rest of the continent, in Africa? No, absolutely. We start with SADC itself uh, before we even go to the rest of the continent. We're looking at um, and the SADC countries and we... Uh, we have to learn something because we can't deny the fact that we're only 20 years in democracy and many of these countries were free much earlier than we were. So I'm sure we have learned something to learn from them, but they also have something to learn from us because our economy is different. Our economy is way uh, bigger and therefore I think that the opportunities for small and medium enterprises does exist in our space. But what is also good about our space is the fact that we have a government that still has in its um, interest the creation of a conducive environment for people to be able to work for themselves. So we will be looking at what is existing. And by the way, the other thing is uh, small and medium enterprises in our intention is not to make that, help keep them there being small and medium. It's opportunities for them to grow even bigger. If they grow bigger, it means their market becomes bigger. So SIDEC becomes a market for them. They, the entire continent becomes a market. You know, I was talking about the women that went with the DM to Atlanta. Mm. Nothing stops those women uh, producing uh, things that can be sold in the continent itself. It's just that I'm sure they just don't know where to start. And then we also want to connect to fairs that happen around uh, the region but also that happen around the continent. In the main, what we see is that many of those fairs are things that are happening in the developed world. It's time also we had those fairs within the continent. If there's a fair that takes things that are happening around SADC, let's talk, let's check at the, the area of ECOWAS as a region, let's check East Africa as a region and see if there are any fairs that are there so that our own South African products can find themselves in there, from small things to big things. And from a ministry perspective, one of the most common problems affecting small and medium enterprises, it doesn't seem to be that there's a lack of programs because the information you've shared, there's an abundance of programs which have been structured to assist people, but rather it's about being able to educate and inform our citizens about those programs. Has there been any progress in that regard or alternative mechanisms to communicate with people? We're looking for alternative mechanisms because we have realized that um, the partnership that we need to be having with big business is not at the scale and at level at which it is at. For instance, big business, many companies have got their CSI projects. And if I look, if we look at some of their projects, we find that they're just ticking in the box. 
those programs are not speaking to the challenges on the ground uh, from a perspective of saying it's a challenge but you need to empower those people that tomorrow you don't come back with your CSI program just to pour money in there. You are empowering. CSI as opposed yeah. to enterprise development. Absolutely. And we Absolutely. need to have more enterprise so, so development. So we're looking at uh, we're going to have to partner with them but what we need to do is to look at the already existing programs that we have. What we want out of those programs is are, are those projects and programs having the necessary impact that they need to have? So when you look at small and medium enterprises for instance is about uh, companies also willing to, to, to support small and medium enterprises instead of shutting them down, instead of closing the space for them. A simple example in this colloquium, part of the people that were contributing here were saying that if you go into the township economy, you find that it's it's being blocked because there are all these malls that are, are, are happening everywhere and the small and medium enterprises now cannot go and sell their wares at the mall because you've got the big shops now and the big people that are in there. And, and it, it becomes very difficult for, for, for people in the township to even have a small little shop or a small little boutique that they can open there because the the, the, the rent is very high, the services also uh, cost a lot, um, just the overheads are just too much for small and medium enterprises. So what uh, is happening is that there is a plan by government for the uh, revitalization or the, 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 the making sure that the money in the township also does circulate within the township, which ends up empowering people. Government, for instance, has got a very important program that has come up, that it has come up with recently, instead of revitalizing old mining towns. And, and we as, as small and medium enterprises, we already see an opportunity there. If they are going to be revitalizing towns, who are the people that can have opportunity? Who else more than small and medium enterprises? Because you still have people that live there. Um, some of them work within that space. Some of them work outside of the mine, but they still come back to that. And there's a lot of creativity in our opinion that can happen. If you go to uh, towns that are slumped now and uh, not mining, there's a lot of uh, um, uh, tourism that can happen there. Who says people don't want to know how mines used to operate and so forth? So when you've revitalized those towns, you have to look at what opportunities exist and then make sure that those opportunities are taken by small and medium enterprises. So seeking innovation through the opportunities Absolutely. that are provided. Yeah. We'll be right back after this. Hi, my name is Yvonne Chaka Chaka, an ambassador for the Nelson Mandela Children's Hospital. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, a program against racism, socio-economic class division and gender-based violence. Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amalia Malka every week on this day at this time. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band. Today, we're talking to South Africa's Minister of Small Business Development, Ms. Lindiwe Zulu. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Now, picking up on our discussion. A few months ago, we celebrated Women's Month in South Africa, and the years that women struggled, we reflect on the progress that women have achieved. And I feel that our history defines our present. But the actions that we put in today, they affect and direct our future. 
In your opinion, which areas do you think that we need to build on the most in order to benefit women in the future? Education. We just start from there because um, to think that uh, there are still uh, families who think that it's important for them to educate the boys than the girls. Well, there's a change. There's not so many. But the fact that they're still there is a problem. Secondly, uh, a lot of the girls drop out of school for one reason or the other. So it means we must focus on in ensuring that we keep the young girls in school because if they finish education, they'll even be better parents. They can even decide they don't want to have children unnecessarily at an early age when they can't take care of them. So for me, just like my grandmother did, education, education, because I think I'm where I am today because education was at the center of everything and education also at the center of our government. Government prioritized education as one of the five uh, priority areas to start from there. Secondly, it's also about empowering our people to understand the space from which we are operating today. That doesn't mean I'm saying that people must not demand from government what they rightfully have to demand. But we must wake up to the reality that uh, uh, we are almost on our own when it comes to the development and everything of our country and ensuring that our people get the kind of uh, assistance they get. We're not going to get, um, as we did during the liberation struggle, we get the, 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 the Europeans giving us a lot of support, giving us financial support, giving us scholarships, giving us all the things that they gave us because we're still uh, uh, struggling. Today they are saying you are free now. It's 20 years now. You've got to make sure that you do. So we need to, you know, create that understanding for our people so that people can appreciate and work on what we already have as a country. And it's also about just creating the unity that we need. South Africa belongs to all who live in it, black and white. And therefore the responsibility of building this country cannot be left to one side only. So the, 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 the building of our country belongs to all of us black and white and, and putting our efforts together without necessarily having one side of white saying to black, well, it's your government that has to take care of you. We, we're not bothered with that. You got your political power. Then the next thing is this radical economic transformation. Transferring of the resources for our, to our people who were previously disadvantaged is very important. And transferring of, of that, it doesn't mean you give in order for people just to just consume, consume and go away. It's about empowering people with the understanding that all of us need to work. We need to create that wealth, even in the smallest way that you need to. You need to create the wealth. But how do you do that when many were left out for so long that even the value of money is not something that they, we, we began to understood a uh, hundred years ago. We're beginning to understand it now because suddenly the space is open for us. But there needs to be again an education and assistance so that the future looks better. Harnessing the energy that we have as South Africans. I, I, I talk about economic doi doi because I'm saying the doi doi that we did was on the basis that we were trying to get rid of a system that was keeping us out of space. Now, there's an energy that is there now which sometimes gets misdirected because you get people in, in, in certain areas, what we call service delivery today. To me, it doesn't make sense to fight for service delivery and ban the school, ban the clinic, ban the council, ban this, ban everything because at the end of the day, the very same resources have to be found somewhere so that you can come back and rebuild. Rebuild it yeah. and then provide 
additional services. And, and provide additional services. So those are just the things that I think that as a nation we need to focus on. How do we empower each other to see the future as something that is possible? But of course, uh, sometimes they say it's easy for people who, who, who have jobs, who earn a living, it's not as easy for people who don't have to understand. But the bottom line is that when we were in the struggle, uh, there were people who were a little bit uh, better space than others, uh, but still we all, we all had one common goal of getting rid of a system that did not allow us to grow in the space of the economy as black people. Now we've got a government that is saying, what can we do together to make sure that you take advantage as government, we need to create a conducive environment. But do you think that that is the key, of having a central focus to direct people's energies into making a better society and a better economy? Absolutely. Uh, that, uh, that must stop being a responsibility of the political people. And of individuals. It must be citizens. a responsibility of each and every citizen. And those that are in a better space of understanding need to help the other because the ANC, for instance, in mobilizing people to fight the system, it's not everybody that woke up and said we're going to fight the system. The organization organized itself first and foremost and developed a mechanism of communicating to the people the need for them to stand up and fight in order to get rid of the regime. The ANC is there now, but of course the challenges are that we are faced with many other issues individually. We are looking, I'm looking for my family and whatever. We need to go beyond just taking care of our family. We need to take care of our family, yes, as a priority, but we must also understand that it's upon us to also create a conducive environment for building better communities and better society that we need to, to, to get in. I think that somewhere along the line in our newfound uh, freedom, which we fought for, there's certain things that we let loose that we thought would come automatically. It doesn't come automatically. It comes through conscience, consciousness. It comes to leadership that also must be rooted amongst the people so that at all times we keep this conversation about what kind of South Africa we want. It's a better South Africa that we want, but how do we get to a better South Africa? Everybody needs to make a contribution towards that. We'll be right back after this. Hi, my name is Yvonne Chakachaka and I'm UNICEF and Rollback Malaria Goodwill Ambassador. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in the struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, a program against social ills such as racism, socio-economic class division and gender-based violence. Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amalia Balka every week on this day at this time. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, on frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band. Today, we're talking to South Africa's Minister of Small Business Development, Ms. Lindiwe Zulu. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Now, continuing with our discussion. Earlier when we were talking, you'd mentioned the likes of, of Gertrude Chopper in yes. terms of being an influence on holding on and nurturing young people within the ANC as they were going forwards and, and receiving their education in different environments. Building female leadership capacity is important for the future of women and to our country. And as the Minister of Small Business Development, 
how do you see female leadership in South Africa? And how do you see the ANC building and contributing to that leadership? I think it has gone a long way um, in its history uh, of, of women and women's struggles and women's emancipation. The recognition by the ANC itself, and particularly because of the fights of women within the ANC, to say that we are not going to wait for the struggle to be over before we start uh, fighting for our rights as women within the organization itself was very helpful because then the women were able to raise the bar in as far as of an understanding that if you don't tap into the resource of women who are just as capable of doing things, then the country is doomed. And many leaders that came after that, they indicated the role and importance of women. And as we are celebrating one of those uh, 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 heroes of our struggle, uh, O Artambo, who spoke a lot about the emancipation of women. It was because of also his exposure to the international world and other places, and also just his belief as a freedom fighter that why must the freedom be, be enjoyed by one section of our society and not the other. And I think that women themselves, when they picked up on this mantle of saying they're going to fight for women's rights from that very on, a lot has happened. We talk of the fact that uh, the, in the ANC, the decision to have the 50-50, it was a struggle of women. And, and believe me, some people might not believe in it, but there's just no way that we could have been having so many women in key decision-making structures of the ANC. And some say, yeah, well, it's just women who are in key decision-making structures and it's for themselves. No, it's not. We are there because we also, as we go along doing our day-to-day -day lives, there's the other element uh, of looking at where are women. If we are passing a law or a regulation, what impact does it have on, on women? See our South African constitution. Uh, if we are having programs in place that will improve the lives of people, we dig deeper to say how will it impact on women. That is happening also because you've got a vast number of women that are sitting in those key decision structures. But also those women are influencing uh, the men that are within. So you find that in the ANC today, uh, it's, it, it's men sometimes who even raise the issues that are pertaining to women to say, no, we can't have a policy like this because it discriminates against women. But as women, of course, we still have a long way to go uh, because it cannot be that it's left to us at the top, what should concern us more is what is happening to the women at the bottom, in the township, in rural areas, girls in school. Those are the things that we still need to focus on. We are far from ensuring that society looks at you as a woman, yes, because you're a woman from a biological point of view, but look at, looks at you as a resource, as a person that contributes towards the building of the, the country, but also towards participating in the economy of the country and meaningfully participating in the economy of the country. It's a long way that we still have to go, but we are a base. And one thing I can assure you, with all the travels that I've done in the world, we are a shining example as South Africa for having raised the bar in as far as ensuring that women are in decision-making structures. Well, the government has done incredible things in terms of our, our position. When we look at the Interparliamentary Union, Fortunately, this year we slipped from fifth position yeah. to, to tenth, but yes. we've still got incredibly strong representation. Of no, we do, especially if you think of the fact that we are just 20 years in government. That's, that's not a very long time. We have countries that have been free for the past 50, 60 years. They are nowhere near no, where we are. And I think also what is important is the fact that it's not just about putting women for the sake of women. 
South Africa has got quality women who have the capacity really to contribute towards anything. And that's not different from when we were students uh, way back. We were students studying in Moscow. We went through everything that everybody else had to go through. And uh, when we were, we were uh, cadres in, in, in Kondowesis, we were doing our military training. There was nothing that we didn't do because we were women. So all those experiences within the African National Congress have been the lessons that have assisted us to be able to push the agenda for women's empowerment and uh, gender equality in South Africa. Yes, it's going to be a while because if it doesn't happen in the family, you know, as an organization, we can't go into each and every family, but uh, what we need to do through government programs is just to educate everyone of the importance of tapping on the resource called women. Minister, we're coming to the end of our program now. In closing the discussion, can you please share a few words of inspiration that you'd like to pass on to other women in Africa who are listening to the show? Lessons learned uh, from other women that have been there before us we stand on the shoulders of, of those women. And I think that uh, looking forward to younger generation of women, for instance, they must not be caught up with uh, things that do not bring value to them. We as, as society, as communities overall, need to assist our girls to understand that they are in a better space than our grandmothers and our mothers were. And we're not saying that they, they must feel sorry for us in the past. We did what we did because we wanted to create a better environment for them so that they can take advantage of that and shine. It's about solidarity and solidarity amongst ourselves as women and solidarity amongst us across the continent and across the countries. You know, if you think about it, women's emancipation is something that started way back, but it was able to sustain itself because women held hands across. And today we're even in a better space for doing that because communicating with each other is like a snap of a finger and a press of a button we are able to. I think that um, as a, a South African who was in the liberation struggle, I'm sure that without the international support, a lot of which also came from women, it would have been very difficult for us to be where we are. We learned also from those women out there, and because they supported us, we managed to be where we are today. And so I'm saying to young girls, take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves. Most of it is free. We had to fight for it. For them, it is free. They just need to improve on, on their education, make sure that they, they have a plan. If you don't have a plan, you don't know which direction you're going. The country needs us as women, and the co continent needs us as women, and we mustn't forget the fact that some of the women in the continent are still struggling. We have girls who were abducted, who we still don't know where they are up today. We have women in countries like the DRC, in the Eastern Congo, and other places who are struggling because of wars. You've got women in Sudan who are really struggling because of the wars. And, and that's the solidarity that we need because when we were in the liberation struggle, we had solidarity. But that solidarity is beginning to waver a bit because people are very much inward looking. If we can just change that and turn it back to what it used to be in supporting each other in solidarity, I think the world can be a better place for us. Thank you very much, Minister. Thank you for the invitation. And we wish you all the best in this new ministry. And I need, I need it. We need it. To Thank hear you very more. much. 
You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. And we have been talking to South Africa's Minister of Small Business Development, Lindira Zulu. Tune into the show next week when we talk to South Africa's Minister of Water and Sanitation, Ms. Nambula Mokonyane.